morning, church. It's a great day to worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm so happy that you could join us and worship with us. Amen. You ready, Pop? Amen. I'm ready. All right. I hope you are ready. I hope you remember that worship is not a spectator sport, but I want to encourage you to, to participate and worship with us. God is so good. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy that is ours, Lord. If you never bless us again, Father, we thank you that your grace and your mercy are more than enough. But Father, we thank you that you are a good God who walks in victory. We thank you that you are a good Father who takes care of your children. So we ask you, Lord, to be with us now. Flood this place. Flood our homes. Holy Spirit, meet with us as we give you honor and glory, Lord. We want to see your face this morning. We want to bless your name. We thank you, Lord, that you are God and you are good. Your word stands and you are for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, get excited. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're good. You're good, Lord. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Come on, somebody. first verse again. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on. No weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't
you Jesus we thank you Lord we thank you Lord you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good we thank you for the church this morning we thank you for your church to arise we trust you father we thank you Jesus in your presence we will stand from glory to glory from victory to victory thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Come on, wherever you are, bless the Lord. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for the victory, yes, even Lord. if we can't see it. Thank we love you, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. We stand on your promises. We stand on your goodness. He's a good God, church. He's a good father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We come into your presence, Father, humbly yet boldly as your sons and daughters. We come with confidence knowing that your word is true your promises are for us we can stand on them we thank you lord thank you jesus thank you jesus you are with me what could separate us you No. 
Father, revival fire come. 
revival fire come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, I have this um, kids' old Sunday school song in my head, in my heart. I feel, I feel like that's been happening a lot, church, during worship. Um, he's got the whole world in his hands. 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 I want you to sing it again. We're going to sing it again, church. And lift up the city or the country that you're, that the Lord has put in your house. See in your hearts. Sing over your children. Sing over new life. He's got the whole world in his hands, and he's holding you. He's holding you. Thank you, Lord. Come on. He's got the whole world in his hands. You've got the whole wide world in your hands. You've got the whole world in your hands. You've got the whole world in your hands. Come on, sing it again. You got every nation in your hands. You got every city in your hands. You got all of new life in your hands. You got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and I in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We trust you, Lord. Hold us. Keep us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Stacy, for leading us today. No, normally there's a church full of people here worshiping the Lord and you know, things happen when we worship God. You know, it's happening to you right now. And uh, maybe some people are watching and they don't really understand it, but this, scriptures are so clear to shout to the Lord, you know, cry out to the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song. And so that's what we do every week. And for the, the New Life crowd, I know you're familiar with these songs and I really trust that they minister to your heart today. But, you know, right around this time in our services, often, not all the time, but sometimes, the Holy Spirit will interrupt the service and someone will come forward with a word or a tongue or an interpretation to bring some edification or some direction to the church. I just feel the Lord speaking to us today that, you know what, whatever you're dealing with, it could be this, the coronavirus situation, it could be work-related issues because work is affected, life is affected. Uh, whatever's going on, God is able to meet our need. And now this is the, really the, a great opportunity for the church to rise up and to bring a message of hope to the world around us. So uh, let me take just a minute and pray along those lines. Then we're going to transition. Dear Lord, thank you that we could worship you today. Uh, Lord, we pray um, that you have received our praises, that you're pleased with our praises and Lord, better than that, that you're pleased with our lives. Let our lives be a worship to you. 
the way we live and think. Let, let that be a worship to you as well. But Lord, we do want to pray for our communities, our, state, our states where we are, our nation and the world, for this coronavirus situation. We pray, Lord, for a quick end to it. We pray, Lord, that this pandemic would, would subside, it would die down. Um, in the meantime, Lord, let your church arise, let faith arise. We pray your blessing over our medical uh, scholars that are so desperately looking and trying to create uh, a remedy for this problem. Lord, enlighten them, guide them in their thinking. Let them discover what needs to be done to make this thing die down. And we pray, Lord, for our political leaders as well to have great wisdom and discernment to know what to do. And Lord, for all the people across our nation and across the world that are affected by it, Lord, we keep hearing these reports of so many being exposed to it, so many getting it, so many dying from it. Lord, we pray that all that would come to a soon end. And in the process, Lord, for those that are grieving, those that are struggling, we pray for them, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would bring them peace and guidance and help during this time of need. So, Lord, may your blessing rest upon the church, all the churches, and may we offer words of hope that our hope and trust is in you and in you alone. You are the solution to this problem. And Lord, it might just be that you're allowing this pandemic to happen to cause people all over the world to look to you for the answer of all of life's problems. So we turn to you today and we receive you, we accept you, and we, uh, we just pray to you, Lord, that you would intervene, allow your touch to be upon this situation. So we thank you for this all. And we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Stacy. I'll see you later. Well, uh, at this time in our services, we usually take a minute to, um, let's see, greet each other, give an elbow pump <laughs> under the circumstances, uh, wave or whatever, smile real big. But I want to make a few announcements um, while I'm here. Um, we have a special kids' ministries going on. Uh, today at 1 o'clock, there'll be a special kids' ministry video posted on our Facebook page, which is New Life Haverhill. Uh, so parents and uh, guardians, get all the kids involved and let them see, let them hear a great message from Paul and Dulce Cortez. Uh, and every night at 7 o'clock, there will also be a, a Facebook message from our kids' leaders. So every night at 7, there's something special for our kids' ministry. So the Facebook uh, is really important right now. Uh, if you're on, you obviously know what it is, New Life Haverhill. Uh, but that'll be our main way to communicate with you with posts and videos and so forth. You can also go to our webpage, uh, newlifechristianag.com, for further updates. Um, you can also email us at uh, nlc.news at yahoo.com. We're still using Yahoo. Uh, we're trying to get into uh, Google, but having a little bit of trouble there. So nlc.news at yahoo.com would be the best way. Uh, so we'll be with you tonight as well at 6 p.m., another live stream. I'll be here with our associate pastor, uh, Pastor Bill Spurdioni. We'll be fielding some... Uh, prayer request and praying with those of you that want to have prayer. And we'll be with you, Lord willing, again on Wednesday night. Last Wednesday was our first live stream, our Wednesday night Bible study. And so we're going to go back to that on Wednesday. I believe Governor uh, Baker had said that this uh, 
this situation will last until probably April 6th or 7th. So we have uh, two more Sundays to, to deal with uh, here, a couple of more Wednesdays in between. Hopefully by the middle of April or so, we'll be back to our regular services, but we will let you know uh, what our plans are according to that. At this time, uh, if you were here in the sanctuary, I'd say get ready for your offering, uh, but I, <clears throat> I can't really do that now. But Pastor Bill is going to come and uh, share with us a little bit about, about giving. So Pastor Bill, why don't you come up here? You want to sit or stand? All right. Good morning, church. Um, you know, it's funny how Pastor just shared, and, and he shared exactly what the Lord had put on my heart this morning in prayer, that we are living in trying times and changing times. Things are changing. Jobs are changing. Lives are changing. Our meeting in church is changing for a, for a period of time. But with that, us as Christians should do our best to stay the same. Be filled with your spirit and to be filled with you. Because our God is faithful. His word does not change. His spirit does not change. It is perfect and it remains the same. And a couple of scriptures that the Lord had put in my heart, in order for us to be that light, because right now there's a lot of people that are looking for hope, a lot of people looking for answers, a lot of people looking for peace. And that's what God has given us. He has given us peace. It says right in his word in John 14, 26 and 27, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He has given us a spirit of peace. And it's not hard right now, but, but, it's, but we need to realize that that, what, that is what we need. We need his spirit. We need him. We need more of him. And you know what? The world also needs that. They need his spirit. They need him. And this is an opportunity for us to be a light. Maybe it might be on the phone now. Maybe it might be just um, the, the, the little meetings we do have here and there or just being a blessing to where, intera any interaction that we have at all. Just be a blessing. But whoever the Lord puts on your heart, reach out to them. Do it by phone. Do it by, um, by Facebook. Do it by email. Just reach out to people and, and, and let people know about this peace that we have. Let people know about this peace. And, you know, for the offering today, I, I wanted to share a scripture, Matthew 6, 31 through 34. It says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So each day does have its own troubles. And we are in a troubling time right now, but us as Christians, let us be filled with his spirit. Let us just cry out to him and be filled with him 
and be who he called us to be. You know, and um, one, one thing I've, I've been going through on um, the Old Testament. And the Israelites, when they, when they came out of Egypt, they were, they were complaining. And, they were, and there were so many things going on. And they complained. And they wanted to go back. And they fought against God. They fought against Moses. And God didn't, you know what? God didn't change who he was. He still remained who he was. And he had a promise for these people to go to the promised land. It might not have happened when, for that first generation, but it happened. His promise did not change. And that's the same with us. When we give, anything we do, it cannot change. It needs to, it needs to continue. We need to continue to give. We need to continue to, because, you know, his work is going to continue on. So um, I want to give you some options on giving. We have a few options. First option we would like you to choose is to choose to give online at newlifechristianag.com. If you go onto the website, you will find a tab that says give. You press on that tab, and once you press on that tab, you can, you, know, you can just put in the information. And the first thing is to give your credit card on that. But then you can also... You can also set up your account for that also, so that can come out of um, your uh, debit through your debit or your checking account, and you can ha and you can give that way. If you do do that way, we do suggest that you um, do click on the button that um, says that you will cover over the um, the charges. There is a three percent charge, so for every hundred dollars you give, it would be three dollars. That, that that is for the service itself, and we that's, we do suggest that you do click on that. Um, just, you know, to cover the charges that, that it costs for the online giving. Second option, I would say, is to mail your, mail your offerings into the church. Address here is 966 Main Street. Just mail it into here, the New Life, and um, we'll receive them, and um, they'll be deposited as soon as we get them. And then if you have any questions or if you need help with the online giving or if you need help with anything about giving, you can just call the office and leave a message or if I'm there, our, our pastor's there, we will answer. And then the number there is 978-373-1379. But through this time, I do, I do say, let us continue to be a light. Let us continue to do what we do. Let us continue to give and continue to be who God calls us to be, like him. And I'm going to pray right now for the offering, and, um, and then we'll go forward. Lord, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for what you've given us, Lord. I just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that let us continue to be who you've called us to be. A people of faith. A people who are filled with your spirit. A people who, uh, who proclaim your gospel. Who speak hope. Who speak about who you are and what you've done for us, Lord. I pray that right now. And, and I, as, as we go through these trying times, Lord, just let us be continuously with your spirit. Let us have your peace that you've given us, Lord Jesus. And let us walk in that. Because we know, we know that you do have everything in your control. You are in control of all things. And we thank you for that. And that includes everything. Our jobs, everything, church, everything. You are in control, Lord. Let it just continue. Let us continue to be who we are. I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good day, church. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bill.
for sharing that. Stacy, I thought maybe uh, you could take a moment. Come on up here. <laughs> well, there's always, always surprises at New Life. This is another surprise. I thought maybe you could just take a moment and uh, encourage the church. We had such a good worship time this morning. You know? I think we, we get lost in it. It's, um, it's kind of it's familiar to us. You know? But for other people, it may not be so familiar. So as our worship leader, you know, you've, you've been around this ministry for a while. What can you, how, can we, how can you help us to worship not only on Sunday, but, you know, as we say, Sunday's here, but Monday's coming. How do we do that? Well, I was really encouraged. I just, I walked off the stage and I checked my phone and I had messages from so many of you saying that you are worshiping along with us in your living room, that you're, I'm, I'm going to cry again. Heidi, I'm going to cry again. Um, I see so many of you commenting, saying that you're, you're with us. And I was so encouraged by that because really, um, you know, we are the church. The building is not the church. And when we, when we worship, we can worship together apart. And that is so amazing. I'm grateful for social media. I'm grateful for the technology that has this. But I was thinking when I went in the back, even if pastor and I were up here alone, just blessing the Lord and worshiping the Lord, and you were alone in your house worshiping the Lord without this connection, man, the pres God's presence is so real and the Holy Spirit would still be moving. So I want to encourage you to not be a spectator when you do tune in to online church, not to sit and watch us. Maybe even um, as soon as we begin, stand up, just like you do here. Um, I want to encourage you when you tune into other worship services that we have the incredible access to, to stand, to sing, to get your children, to get ready, and to realize that our God is good all the time. And seeking his face is really the only thing that matters. Being in his presence is what matters. So I would just encourage you to be very, really active. Stand up. Be physical about your worship. Um, I shared at Women's Sisterhood not too long ago that our posture changes things. So when you step into a time of worship, change your posture, your physical posture, and see how your posture in your spirit comes along with you. So um, be blessed and keep it going. I miss you guys. Thank you, you Stacy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I do have one more announcement, actually, before we get into the word. Uh, that announcement is that uh, during this time when no one can come to the church, uh, we decided to take advantage of the next couple of weeks uh, to do some renovations that uh, needed to be done here. Uh, so... When everybody comes back, it's going to probably be a little bit different in the sanctuary. So you could be praying about that and looking forward to that. Okay, so let's get ready for the word. Uh, if we can, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a few minutes. Uh, let me say a quick prayer before we get into the message today. Dear Father, we thank you for this, uh, this service today. And again, Lord, I want to lift up all the different churches that are on live stream in America and across the world, actually. Lord, let, let the numbers of viewers uh, multiply substantially. In other words, Lord, let many people tune in that would not necessarily come to church, but let them tune in on Facebook, online, and hear the word of God. And let, your, let your word have its perfect result 
We pray your blessing over our time in the Word now, Lord. Help me to speak clearly uh, in such a way that would not be uh, confusing or, or, or help me not to get lost, but let me stay on track with the, the thoughts you put on my heart to share. And uh, Lord, in the process, you be glorified. Let your church be edified. We thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome everyone here, our, all of our New Life people. God bless you. Thank you for turning, tuning in. I see our, our sound technician is waving at me. Thank you, James and Danica are here, of course. Uh, all the other visitors that are here, thank you for tuning in. Um, we greet you in the name of Jesus. Well, we've been in a, a series for the last couple of weeks, actually this whole month of February, uh, on the topic of pursue, pursuing love or to pursue love uh, based on the chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. And... So I was thinking about that as I was getting ready for this sermon today, because today we're into part four of this series, and the thought crossed my mind, should we not do that now under the circumstances, or maybe, maybe the Lord has a different word for us. But I felt like in my spirit that uh, the Lord wanted us to continue with this word. And I think it's kind of interesting that in the midst of this coronavirus situation, uh, we're in the midst of a series on love. And how do those two things join together? So I'm not saying this is a word for the whole world. I'm, I'm saying for our church at New Life, this is where we've been for the last several weeks. We've been on the topic of pursuing love, loving God, loving one another, loving the lost. And now we have this coronavirus situation that has really changed our lives. And so I'm thinking, I think, you know, it's, it's important for us to apply what we've already learned in the last couple of weeks to the situation, and whatever, whatever happens around us or whatever is going on around us, we as the church must respond, we must react, we must approach the situation in love, not in fear, not in panic, not in judgment. Uh, we have to recognize we as a society have a problem. Uh, God is allowing this problem to happen right now. It's not a political issue. It's a health issue. And the, as such, the church must respond in such a way that's characterized by love. And so we need to be focused. We need to be confident. We need to understand that our God is bigger than this virus. I shared on Wednesday night, uh, our first live stream from Psalm 46, that says God is our refuge. God is our help our present help. God is our refuge and our strength, a present help in time of trouble. Therefore, though the mountains shake and be cast into the sea and everything is in turmoil, I will not fear because God is my help and my strength and my refuge. So at this time, I feel like for the church, uh, faith has to arise. And um, as I heard last night on a, another Facebook uh, post, another pastor was sharing that we've got to, we pastors have to understand something here, that we are not uh, news reporters, uh, we are not health care experts, we're not doctors, uh, we're pastors. Uh, our calling is to pastor the flock that God has given to us. Our calling is to uh, bring people the word of God, whether in good times or bad times. Uh, our calling is to uh, 
preach and teach what God says. So that really helped me to recognize my calling. I don't need to tell you what's going on in the world. You all know what's going on in the world. That's not my job, per se. Uh, I don't need to recommend uh, all the health concerns and so forth. My role in your life is to give you the word of God and to encourage you in your spiritual life. And I realize this is a high calling, but I believe God has anointed the pastors and the leaders and the church for such a time as this. So with that thought in mind, uh, let's go to our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. And um, I'm just going to read verses 4 through 8, and then jump down to verse 13, and then jump over to chapter 14. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, uh, you may be familiar with these verses. In fact, many times uh, you'll hear these verses read at a wedding, and they're really great at a wedding. They're not limited to weddings, and they're not limited to husbands and wives, but uh, this is a word for the church uh, to to apply to their heart regarding God's love. So this is what it says, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse number 4. Love is patient and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked and it thinks no evil. You could say in this setting that love is pure in that sense. Love does not rejoice in iniquity or sin, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. And then down to verse 13, Paul says, Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And then the next verse in chapter 14, he says to pursue love. So for the last several weeks, we've been talking about, you know, what this is all about. And let me just give you a quick recap here, if you're catching the first message today, that uh, we're not talking about a regular love. We're not talking about a love that we might have for baseball or or ice cream, or or anything in this life. We're talking about a a different kind of love. The Bible in the Greek calls it uh, an agape love. Agape love is the sacrificial, selfless, unconditional love of God that he has for all of humanity. That's what we're talking about. And those verses we just read really kind of describe that love that comes from our Father's heart to the world. It's patient and kind, etc., and so we, we talked about that in terms of how, first of all, God agapes the world. He, he demonstrated his agape, or his love, to the world by sending his son Jesus to die for the sins of the world. I had mentioned a few weeks ago that in my mind, I don't know if this is the right word, but I think you'll know what I mean, his love is almost a risky kind of love because he loves people that will not love him back. He just gives it out. He just pours it out. The scripture says that God is love. And so he's pouring out his love over all of humanity, every generation, every culture. And many people will not receive his love, but it doesn't matter. He pours his love out. That's the greatest thing. 
Uh, John 3.16, God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting love, So, everlasting life. So he pours out his love regardless of if you'll receive his love or not. That's number one. But number two is when we receive his love. In other words, that means when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. If we, if we come to a place in our lives where we recognize, I, I need help, I need a Savior. Knowing about God is one thing, but knowing God personally is a whole other ballgame. And so when we come to this place where we accept the fact that we're sinners and we receive Christ's love for us, we receive the, the, the sacrifice that he gave on the cross, we become born again, we become new creations. But at that point, the Bible tells us that when we receive Christ, he pours out that agape into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So I, I have to just reflect on that because if that love is now deposited in my heart, man, I have such an awesome responsibility and opportunity to do something to make a difference in people's life, well, in my life, but in everyone's life that I come across. So Jesus said something really important in John 13. He said, uh, I'm going to give you a new commandment. And what he's saying is if you receive this love, if you receive the Father's love, you've got to love each other. The church has to love each other. And he said that the world will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. So this tells me, okay, God loves the whole world. That's good. Now the church loves one another with a special agape love. It's not just like a friendship. It's, it's a different kind of love. It's an accepting love. It's a patient love. It's a kind love. It's a humble love. It's not prideful or puffed up like we, like we said. It's a love that accepts people and tries to help people. We try to help one another. That's the body of Christ. And then the third part of this is, you know, we go, we go deeper into this. There's God's love for the world, God's love within us as Christian people. And then we have the third part, which is God's love working through the church to those outside of the church. And, uh, boy, Jesus really said something very strong in Matthew 5. He said, now that, you're, now that you belong to me, you're my disciples, and you love God, you love one another. Now, you've got to love your enemies. You've got to bless those that curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who use you or persecute you. And I don't know about anybody out there, but in my natural person, I don't want to love my enemies, and I don't want to bless those that curse me. I want to, I want to go back to my roots and get into a little... Not a fisticuffs, but I want to give someone a piece of my mind. But, but now that the Spirit of God is in me, I, I, I recognize I can't follow my flesh. I've got to follow the Spirit of God that's living within me. And so we in the church at large, we endeavor to love those outside of the church. But in order to do this, you know, it's not a one-time deal where you, you come to Christ and you're all set for the rest of your life. Never go to church, never pray, never read your Bible. No, no, this is like an ongoing situation. It's, it begins at some point, um, but it must continue every day. We've got to keep going to the source. 
to get filled up with the love. That's why Paul says to pursue love. But we can't expect to make a difference if we're not going to the well to drink that living water. You know, in John chapter 4, Jesus spoke about or spoke to the Samaritan woman, and he called her out. You know, he said, you know, you, you've been married five times, and you're living with someone that's not even your husband. And, um, but he said, you know what, I want to give you some living water. She was amazed that he wanted to bless her with this living water. He said to her, if you take this living water that I have, you'll never want to come to this well again to draw the water where she was. And so that same living water is available to us each and every day. I don't know about you, but I need that every single day. I need to come to the the wells of living water to drink deeply from the spirit of the living God so that I could be who God wants me to be. If I don't do that, I have a tendency, we all have this tendency, to go backwards in our spiritual journey. We go back to what's most comfortable, which for many of us is doing things in the flesh without really thinking things through. But we come to the Lord daily, sometimes multiple times a day, sometimes hourly. You know, some, there's some songs that say we need the Lord every minute of the day. It's true. We live our lives, we, you know, we do what we have to do, but in, the, in our spirit person, we're seeking God and trusting God. So with all of that, um, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he says, abide now in faith, hope, and love. Abide in faith. Live in, faith is very important. You have to have faith in Christ, faith in the church, faith in the word, etc. Live in hope. Always hope for, for God's blessing. I think there's another connotation here, uh, living in the hope of Jesus' return. That's another aspect of this. You know, I remember as a child growing up in the church, we used to say at a certain point, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And one day, I was probably a little, little bit older, probably in my early 20s, I, I was saying that during the service, and I, I thought, you know, I, I got the part that Christ has come uh, uh, Christ has come, and Christ will come again. And I, but I never got the part about Christ coming again. And then after I received Christ as my Savior, I realized that's a very true statement. He is coming again. And so part of this is living in faith, living in the hope of Christ's return, and then living in love. But the greatest of all these is love. So I wanted to, so now the church from New Life is saying, Pastor Rick, will you get to the point? Well, we've been, at, we've been at this point for like three weeks. I want to get to this point of giving you three reasons or three steps to really pursue God. So drum roll, here we are. We're ready for the three things. So we need to do a little bit of walking through the Bible to, to get this. But if we want to really pursue God, uh, the first scripture we find is in 1 Peter chapter 5 starting at verse number 6. So the first, the first means to pursue God is to get humble before God. We could never pursue love and pursue God by being proud and arrogant. Well, there's another scripture, 1 John chapter 4, tells us that God is love. God is love. So when Paul says pursue God or pursue love, he's really saying pursue God. You know, they're similar terms. Pursue love 
pursuing God because God is love. Because when we pursue God, we're, we're, we're going after his love. We're going after his heart. And when we pursue God and we pursue his heart, he gladly gives us his heart. Right? That love abides within us. That's his plan for the whole world. I always found it interesting and challenging that after Jesus died on the cross and he arose from the grave, he appeared to all these people, and 40 days later he ascended into heaven with a promise to return. But before he left, he said, all authority has been given to me. Now, you, you disciples of mine that were there, gathered around, you go into all the world and preach this gospel. I always thought it was interesting that really Jesus could have done it differently. He could have just made everyone a believer. This way, you know, supernatural move of God. Everyone born will be a believer. But he didn't choose to do it that way because he respected the free will of people. But he empowered the disciples to go into all the world to preach the gospel, share the gospel. But that gospel could never be preached and shared without the love of God. That's what I'm trying to get at. So the first step in pursuing God or pursuing love is to get humble before God. It says in 1 Peter 5, verse 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Uh, yeah, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Uh, don't exalt yourself, but get humble before God. Recognize the fact that you need God. Recognize the fact that you are, in fact, a sinner. And without the grace of God and the love of God, we'd be on a destination course that would doom us to an eternity in hell. But getting humble before God is saying, you know what, Lord, I, I need you. I really need you. Uh, and I want you in my life. Uh, getting humble before God is saying, you know, Lord, um, I can't make it on my own. I, I recognize I'm not able to. I'm not strong enough to make it on my own. I don't have the tools. I don't have the, I don't have the mindset. I don't have the equipment I need to make it through this life because, Lord, every single day I face a problem. Every day there's, there's angst in my heart over a situation or a person or life in general. Lord, I, I, I humbly before you, I'm saying, Lord God, I need you. And when we get to that point, that scripture says, when we get to that point, that's when God lifts us up. That is so cool. And he won't lift up the proud and the haughty. In fact, another scripture says he's opposed to the proud and the haughty, but he's attracted to the humble. As Jesus humbled himself to be born in Bethlehem, there's something about humility that God loves. And so that's number one. We need to get humble. Then in verses uh, 7, 8, and 9, he gives three Three aspects of getting humble before God. Here's the first aspect in verse number seven. It says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Well, that's an act of humility. That's like saying, really, I, I'm going to cast all my cares upon God because he cares for me? I've got to be humble to do that. I've got to be, I've got to recognize I can't handle this on my own. That means prayer, by the way. I'm going to cast all my care I'm going to pray to God because he cares for me. That's a humbling experience. Prayer, for some reason, not to get overly spiritual, it's like the hardest thing to do because we get interrupted, we get sidetracked, we get discouraged, we get depressed, whatever, and we don't pray. 
but when we do pray, it's like the most humbling thing we could do. Lord God, in spite of what's going on around me, I'm going to pray to you and ask you for help, as the word says. It's humbling. It's humbling to be disciplined. It's humbling to, to make us... Uh, uh, to sacrifice time to, to do it. it. It's humbling to make a commitment to do it. It's humbling to, to know that, that I have to pray, that it's absolutely necessary for me to pray. But nonetheless, prayer tells God that we're humble before him. Then it goes on in verse number, verse number 8. It says to be sober and to be vigilant. Well, this is a very interesting aspect of what Peter is saying here. We're in 1 Peter 5, 8, under the topic of getting humble. But that verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, be clear-minded. Don't be cloudy. Think clearly and, and, and be consistent. Keep being vigilant and running after God. And, uh, boy, I thought about that. And, you know, many people over the years uh, have talked to me and other pastors and Christian leaders. Where does it say in the Bible I can't smoke a joint or I can't have a drink and get a little buzz, a little tipsy? Where does it say that? You know, Well, it does say that in some places, but the, the term be sober applies to that. In other words, don't let anything in, in into your mind that would cause you to think differently than you would normally. It could be drugs or alcohol. It could be a rush from gambling. It could be a rush from pornography. It could be a rush from anything. Any type of thing that takes your mind away from the simplicity of knowing Christ. He's saying, be sober-minded. Be clear. And that is a humbling experience. Someone might say, Pastor Rick, I... I've got to get high. I can't cope without getting high. I need my drink. I need my, my scratch tickets or whatever. I need to do this. I need to do that. Wait a minute. Because when we're, when we're doing that, we're saying that God is not enough. So it's humbling to say, God, you are enough. I'm going to, I'm going to do my very best not to do those other fleshly things, those other vices that I have, I'm going to trust you with the clarity of my mind. Wow, that's revolutionary. But that's what the Lord is saying. If we want to get humble, we're going to depend upon the Lord 100%. And many of you are saying, you know what, you've got health issues and this and that. Understandable. I would say, you know, work towards it. Work towards being free of all the other things. It may not happen overnight. It may be something you have to work through. Uh, Paul writes in another place, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, this may apply to you, that this is something that demonstrates our humility before God. I don't need to do that. I don't need to go there. I don't need to whatever. I just need my relationship with God and all that that entails. And let me, let me say this also, that you, someone might be saying, well, that's, kind of, that's going to be a boring life. It's not a boring life. Believe me, when you give your heart and soul to the Lord, there is so much to be done. You will never be bored. I'll guarantee you that. You'll never be looking for things to do. There's always something to do in the kingdom of God. So anyway, so getting humble, praying, uh, being sober and being vigilant, you know, keep, keep at it. If you fail, listen, if you fail, get up again. 
Don't stay down. Confess and get up and keep going with the Lord. And the third part of, of, uh, of uh, getting humble uh, would be found in verse number, second part of verse number eight and verse number nine, um, where uh, Peter is saying, okay, uh, your adversary, the devil, uh, roars like a, a lion seeking to devour you. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Um, the third part of this is to, to resist the devil. Resist evil. Stand against those, uh, those forces that are trying to tear you down. It's humbling to think that we are actually in a battlefield. There's good and bad. There's God and Satan. There's, there's light and dark. And, and we are the victim. We're the ones, we're being pulled in a sense. You know, which way are we going to go? And, and the problem, our flesh tends to go towards the evil, our flesh. Our spirit goes toward God. And we're in this battle. But if we could get humble before God and recognize that, you know, many times I'll say, Lord, my flesh wants to do this or say that. But my spirit man wants to do it your way. I need your help to do it your way. But that's getting humble before God. That's, that's giving him the, the problem that, we, that we're having and saying, Lord, I, I, can't, I can't deal with it my own way. I want to do it your way, but I definitely need your help. So, so if we want to pursue love, what I'm saying is, number one, we've got to get humble before God and all that that entails. It's a big project. And like I said, it's not a one-time event. It's a daily event of getting and staying humble before the Lord. Amen. So let me go to number two, the second reason why or how we can pursue love. And, and, and keep in mind that Paul is saying to pursue love because it's achievable. You know, he's not saying to do something that's impossible. He's saying to pursue love because you can do it. It may take discipline. It may take a little, you know, courage, uh, commitment. But it's, it's achievable. So the second thing is, I would say, I would say it like this. We're in a different passage. We're in Philippians chapter four, verse eight. But how we how we are to pursue love? We've got to think positive or positively. We've got to think. You know, is the glass half empty or is it half full? In other words, if we're going to pursue love, we have to think, our, my glass is half full, and I'm getting better. I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer. I'm getting stronger. I, I'm getting, you know, right with God. I'm, I'm on my path. But we have to think positive. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 8, we read it earlier. It says that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. One of the aspects of pursuing love is we have to do it with a heart that's open to love, the agape love of God. We've got to pursue this with God's mind, in a sense, that God's love is positive, it's good, it's helpful. Uh, we, we spent uh, one Sunday a few weeks ago talking about uh, another side of love, however, where sometimes love will challenge us or correct us or chasten us or warn us of evil, but all that is to say, you know, is for a, a positive result to come out of it. So Philippians 4.8, I'm 
uh, Paul writes to the church there. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are lovely and of good report, whatever things are virtuous and praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Well, if I've learned anything from my dear wife, I've learned to be positive, to think about good things. Pamela, God bless you. (laughs) She's always encouraging me. I have a tendency to think a little bit on the negative side of things. And she'll always bring me back and say, you know what, it's it's not like that, but God is able and you're able and we're able and God's going to do it. But she helps me stay on track with this. This is not not natural for me personally, but with God's help, with with the help of my wife and others and the help of the Holy Spirit, I, I can think positively. I mean, for instance, when we first heard that churches were going to be canceled, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Can't have church? can't connect with anybody and all this other stuff. And, well, lo and behold, we're on live stream. How are we going to do live stream, you know? And uh, thank you, James, and for being here. But uh, there's a way to work it out. But anyway, we're pursuing God. We're pursuing love. We've got to be positive about life in general. The negative side would be things that are dark, uh, bad, hateful, depressing things. You know, don't dwell on those depressing things, but try to think positively. And it says to meditate on these things. Meditate means to, to pause, hold, think about it, be in prayer about it, go for a walk in the woods or go for a walk on the beach and, and just let God begin to cleanse your mind and your heart and your soul and let him just clean you out and give you positive thoughts and let him give you a, a different way to look at things that may seem no ne- so negative at first. This is what the Lord said in Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you know this scripture. But the Lord says to Jeremiah and to the people of Israel, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I- I'll tell you what, I want to rest on that verse right there, that the thoughts that God has for me are of peace. They're not of evil. They're, they're of a future and a hope. And I want to I make that my own. So as we're pursuing God's love, we have this attitude that, you know what, God's going to work this out. God's going to manifest himself in some way to, to work it out for me, for my family, for the church. But ultimately, God's going to work it out for his glory. I'm amazed at this live stream situation. Uh, Every pastor I talk with is telling me that they have so many more hits on their their live stream than attendees at their church on a given Sunday. Now, last Sunday we live streamed. Last Sunday was before the curfew was set into place. We had about half of our people here, but about twice as many people that are normally here were viewing it on live stream. So, and Wednesday night, the same thing. There was a whole lot of people on live stream. So, you know what? God's taking this negative situation, and he's using it to get people focused on the word of God through social media. So, praise the Lord for that. So, if we, if God, God will do his part, we've got to do our part to think positive, and um, we need to live and see things through the lens of faith, hope, and love mostly through love, but as we think positively and like we're stepping out in faith. You know, thinking positive is very closely related to faith. Uh, Related to faith. 
if, we, if we're in faith, we're going to start believing positive things to happen for us. Even if negative things happen, we'll see the silver lining in it. Okay, so pursuing God, getting humble before God. And number two, thinking positive. Very important. Number three is this, this one word, act, exclamation point. Do something. We can't pursue love and, and not do anything. We've got to step out in faith in some regard or another. And let me give you a couple of scriptures here. I won't turn to them, but I'll just mention them. Uh, James 1.22, it says, Be doers of the word of God, not just hearers only. Do, do what it says. Do something. You know, you, you may have heard this message already and the Lord speaking something to you about what you need to do to pursue, God, pursue love. You need to pray more or you need to worship God more. You need to study the word more or whatever. God's already spoken to us already. Uh, what do you need to do? Do something. Do Act in some way. Get rid of some things in your life. You know, that's another way. Get rid of the negative things in your life that are bringing you down or causing you to stumble. But, but act. Do something. Uh, Acts 2.17, it says, Faith without works is dead. So, yeah, our faith goes with our works. Not, not that our works save us. Our faith saves us. But when we have a saving faith, we're, we're compelled to do some good works. Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, Let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So this is an important time for the church to rise up and to do something positive, do something, you know, that will reflect the God that we serve. And, and we're following in line with many great people, many great stories in the Bible. Abraham acted in faith. When the Lord told Abraham, rise up and go to a land where you don't even know, I'm going to show you where to go. Just get up and start going. That was faith. He was acting in faith. For Moses, you know, Moses was a great leader of Israel. Moses got the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. But in the beginning, when the Lord called Moses, Moses' response was, Lord, I, I don't speak well. I, I stumble when I speak. I can't do this job. And, but by faith, he had a helper. By faith, he went out and he made a great difference in Israel. You go right down the list. Peter was certainly rough around the edges, but he was the only one that had faith enough to step out of the boat that time and walk on the water. Paul certainly had so much baggage and potentially feelings of guilt because he used to persecute the church before he became a follower of Christ. He was the one that would round up the Christians and send them to death. I could just imagine the guilt that he felt over that, but he was able to put that aside and, and receive the forgiveness of God that he needed and go on and do great things for God. So God's agape in us changes us. So you might be thinking, I can't do this. I can't. Yes, you can. If, if you have Christ in your heart, you're a new person. You have, a, you have, you have God's love deposited. Romans 5.5 5 says that. It says the love of God has been poured out into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5. Check it out. We have that in us. So now we can step out. But like I said, we've got to keep coming to the well. We've got to keep coming to the springs of living water to, to get this love from our Father. So, in this time of crisis, it's my opinion, 
most everyone's opinion, the church must arise at this time. More than ever before, we have to be filled with the love of God to know how to respond when situations come our way. And we've got to be willing to give it all away to the hurting community around us. So how do we do all that? Well, I, you know, Pastor Bill had shared before about our giving. It's a very important aspect of what's going on right now. Most churches are suffering financially. But let me remind you, we've got missionaries that we support. We've got local ministries in town in Haverhill here that are feeding the poor, clothing the poor, giving counsel and so forth. Um, we have our own supplies that we need to take care of. Uh, people's salaries are, are at stake. Um, we, uh, we have a lot going on. So being faithful and giving is very important for every church to keep the ministries going. Very important. But we need to be on the lookout. Like, there may be some people in our fellowship, and if, if you do have a certain need, please get a hold of us. If we could go shopping for you, or if we could uh, give you some extra money, perhaps, if we can do that. Um, if, you're, if you're laid off of work because of the situation, uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to do to pay your rent or whatever. We want to be a church that can help you. But in order for us to help you, we have to have that giving into our, into our, uh, into our kitty, so to speak, so that we can give it all away to those that are in need. So we can do that. We can also be aware of our neighbors, you know, our people that live on our street, maybe some elderly people that are really living in fear right now. They don't know what to do, but they may respond to a neighbor with a happy face and with a, with a hopeful spirit. Maybe you could even pray for somebody, or maybe you can go to the store for them or whatever. Just give an encouraging word. So... Yeah, life is going to go on. It's a little bit different these days, but life is going to go on. So pursue love. Get humble. Think positively. And let's do some good deeds for the Lord as well. Well, I want to close out today uh, by thanking everyone for tuning in. Uh, this, this live stream will be, is being recorded, so it will be posted on Facebook, will also be posted on our website and our YouTube page as well. So if you want to refer someone to it, you can do that. But I want to close out in prayer. And uh, I want to, everyone, if you can, just for a moment to pause. Uh, you've been listening to me for a long time. Um, I want to give everyone an opportunity to settle things with the Lord. I want to pray for those that are sick or those that are troubled over this situation. And pray for the church to uh, rise up at this time as well. So let's pray together. Lord, your love uh, has been demonstrated by you sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for us. Lord, most of us right about now are, were, now we don't know what to do, but we're thinking about Good Friday and Easter, how we're going to have services or what we're going to do. But nonetheless, we think of Good Friday, how Jesus, you died on a cross for us. That's, your, that's the love of God right there. You demonstrated your love by dying for us. And you, your word says, if we put our faith and trust in you, that we would be born again. And we would be a new creation. And you would deposit in our hearts that same kind of love. So, Lord, first of all, I want to... I want to pray, Lord, that you would come into my life, come into all of our lives. We understand we're sinners. We understand we, we're not right without you. 
And so, Lord, we open up our hearts right now to receive you as our personal Lord and Savior, as the master of our life. And so, Lord, come in and establish your kingdom deep in our hearts today. We thank you for that. And Lord, now I want to pray for the coronavirus situation. We prayed earlier, but Lord, we pray for a quick end to this. We pray, Lord, that you would accomplish what you want to accomplish through it. I believe, Lord, you're trying to get people to look to you through this. But I also believe you're giving the church an opportunity to rise up, to be ministers of your love to the world around us. But Lord, we pray for an end to this coronavirus. We pray for the doctors and medical field to have great wisdom and understanding to know what to do about it. We pray for our political leaders to know how to handle it. We pray for our communities, Lord, that uh, the proper social agencies would be in place to help those that are in need and that your church would be a big part of that as well. Um, we pray for healing for those that are sick. We pray for healing uh, for those that have been uh, exposed to it. We pray for comfort for those that have lost their loved ones at this time. We pray for your peace to flood everyone's soul during this time. And Lord, we also want to pray throughout the whole world that the spirit of the living God would go forward and touch people's lives that, that are not even in the Christian faith. Touch people all over the world with the love of God. Let your people arise all over the world to be your mouthpiece, your hand extended to a hurting world. We pray, Lord, for some great results to happen during this time, and that, Lord, very soon we'll be able to get back to normal with our church services and all the ministries that we do. But, Lord, until then, we're going to trust you to keep us safe, keep us grounded, keep us connected, and keep us hopeful. We pray this all in the glorious, precious, wonderful, powerful name, life-changing name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody said, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back here at 6 o'clock tonight. That's uh, Sunday night, March 22nd. We'll also be back on next Wednesday at 7 p.m. God bless you. Stay close to Jesus. See you later.